You are listening to Smokin' Theologians, a long-form conversation with hosts Alex Gonzalez and Preston Graham. Alex is a filmmaker, digital creative, and our designated layman. Preston is a church planter and pastor, author, and our theologian. This is Season 3, Episode 1. So Alex, Preston, how was your summer? I didn't see already. Any. No, we didn't see each other a lot this summer. Yeah. It was it was busy. Yeah, it was busy. Yep. I think I have like an ideal summer in my mind of that's. I, I really like the academic calendar where you work really really hard in the fall and the winter and the spring and summer is kind of just a, a time to be docile. Yep. Yep. But then I'm reading proverbs. Ah. The, 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 the wise folk are the ones who, who work in the summer. So I worked a lot this summer, so yeah. it wasn't, you know, I, but I, I definitely had time of, you know, recently uh, moved closer to uh, uh, East Haven Beach. So that was, that was fun, yeah. like sneaking out and going checking out the water. That's right. And you, uh, happy well, summer? I, it was a very complex and... Topsy-turvy summer, actually. But, um, yeah, it was supposed to be on a semi-sabbatical, but lots of stuff happened that didn't really allow for that as much. But I had a little bit of time up in the Adirondacks. Speaking of which, how'd you like the Adirondacks, yeah, my man? we went, we went. We finally went. And that we was, finally went. And, and that we was actually a, went. And that was like a spur-of-the-moment thing. It's like it was meant to be. Yep. I mean, that was awesome. I, I recommend it to everybody. To, you like my tiny house? You're like, it's like your Camp David. It's like, I, it's I like, think. Yeah, it's, I guess that's play, right. Yeah, a place to or go. Or maybe my Eden would be a better Eden. metaphor. Well, I don't know if it's Eden. Uh, uh, it's close, there, man. It's close. Is it? Yeah. It's Eden with a lot of projects. I even took you to my sacred place. You did. I have a sacred place up there, Annie. And <laughs> I took him to my sacred place. And I cried. Is that, is that like Brud Brothers or what? I mean, come on. And I cried. <laughs> I cried. And like a, he teared up at the... At the, at the uh, sacred, sacred place, place, I cried like a little baby, you know what? Because you shared it with him, or because you thought the place was so special? It was just the whole thing. It was, it was the place. There's, I definitely believe that like places that are like holy or like some kind of purity. Yeah. Impugned by, we can get into that, but yeah, that was a special place. And, and well, just, we had a good conversation, and we did. It was very meaningful. And that, and I, I loved being, in, I loved being there. I'd like to do an episode one day. <laughs> one day. Well, we should tell the, the, the audience here that we had every intention of we did. doing a podcast up there. What happened? I had all the gear, and you told me you didn't want to do it. Oh. <laughs> you, no, you didn't want to do it. No. Let's be honest. Let's call it That is space. not the truth. I had it all the last night. I had it all set up. Uh, you had go. it all set up where? And, and, at your cabin. Inside the cabin. Yeah, because we need electricity. After we had eaten steak. This guy, the whole after we had eaten potatoes. Why can't we go in the woods and do this? Why can't we do this in the no, woods? That's what I was saying. And next time, I'm going to find a way. We were out by the fire. We got some yeah. shots about the fire. I was saying, yeah, but you can't Are really we going to show it. them some of the fire shots at least? How about we look now? Ask them if they want it. How do they talk to us here? I don't think they can do this. Um, No. <laughs> you were actually trying. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, yeah, we're not live. Um, uh, yeah. I think we should show them a few uh, snapshots. We'll show them some stuff. Show yeah. them just maybe, maybe in between some comment in a podcast, you just throw them in there, and they'll be and they can you know look at that moment. It was cool though. Maybe when we're really I intense want, and we want to try again. Maybe when we're getting pissed off each other on the podcast. Yeah, you know it happens every once in a while. And I feel, listen, even if we didn't get an episode in the Adirondacks, I've, I felt like you and I got a chance to really uh, bond and, and really, we bickered a little bit. It was nice. It was all, no, it, it was bicker. perfect. It was perfect. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> oh, that's right. You thought I was well, I questioning you, you about something and I wasn't. Yeah. That's right. That's a funny story. Yeah, we story. had two nights together. That's a funny story too. We I had two nights together. Story. What was that story about? I forgot. You were you asked me, uh, have you ever built like a fire pit with? Oh mom? yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then he kept saying like, oh, so you want to build one here and like we'll get cement. I'm like, well, I don't know. He's like, well, do you, could you build one? <laughs> and it was just like I was like, I could throw some rocks together. Yeah. And then he starts talking like that and I'm going, 
Well, then maybe we you don't You just want wanted to get to the bottom of it, and you were like, dude. Well, I do have a kind of, you know, a you picture of what I'm wanting here. Yeah, and rightfully so. It's and a, you kept talking, yeah, I can throw rocks together. I'm really good at that. Yeah, I, just, I just wanted to set the expectations yeah, a little bit. Yeah, well, while. and I was <laughs> All right, well, well, here's so, for the fire cheers. pit that we never built. And to, Not the, yet. to the next season of Smoking Theologians. Next season of Smoking Theologian. Here we go. And we're going to what? We're going to talk about... Well, we talked stories. about this. stories. Stories. We're going to tell a story every week. From I, have a, I have a story. A story from... But what kind of story? We, we still haven't come up with a title for this. What, let's just do it right now. I mean, difficult stories in the Bible. Stories that make you lose your faith in the Bible. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, okay. That's a good one, too. You can, yeah, come on, Annie. You're, you're the creative one over here. There's something about that. Something... Stories that make you lose your faith in the Bible. Well, you know, some stories are just so, like, in my opinion, so downright ridiculous. Yeah. That it's, it's like, and I and I think, you know, maybe I don't. It, it's like I pick and choose which stories like really have some meat to them, and yep. others are like, oh, an easy thing to say is, oh, it's just the times. You need the context. It was just a metaphor for something else. Well, it is. There are some really, 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 really difficult stories. Yeah. And stories that really make you cringe, and we're going to try to do some of those, you know. And um, some will be more cringeworthy than others, but um, but I still think there's story. And then there's stories that just don't. That I think are just very perplexing. And um, today, I think what we decided to do was the story of Adam and Eve, which is not the cringeworthy stories so much as it is a. It's such a foundational story, and it's so often misunderstood. And what's happening there is not truly drawn out. So there are, I think, we talked a little bit about it on the way home, yeah. about Arondacks, and I think there are some things that cause people to stumble about it. So maybe we can talk about that. But sure. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's gonna be fun. We'll stick with the Old Testament this this uh, season, and then next season maybe we'll do the New Testament stories, and that'll take us through the year. Yeah. Does that sound like a plan? Like a plan. If you, you, you heard like it here plan? first. Stories that make you lose your faith? Or, come on, Annie. Well, we can pin that up. We can pin it up. We'll do the CPC thing. We'll, we'll take a poll. We'll uh, take a survey. That didn't we'll work just, out very well. No. We only got two or three. <laughs> I, oh, sorry. Our producers, well, our producers doesn't like that. I have so a why story. don't you I tell want, us a yeah. story? So, you might have heard this. Okay. Story. You might have heard the story. I wrote this down and so is this your story well it's uh, in a way it's all of our stories oh this is ooh. this is my attempt to trim the fat okay uh the story of this is uh, this is the story of adam eve on the street level is that what you're saying that's uh, well how about you hear it and <laughs> take it from there um on the street level so yeah, so I, I, you know, I can't wait the, to hear how you tell the story. Let's yeah, go. Okay. <laughs> you ready? I think you so. You sure? No, I want to. You I might need say, to sit up again. I want to say some more preface. I want. <laughs> I read through Genesis. We're, we're going to talk about Genesis. Let's just call. We're about to talk about Genesis. Genesis two, starting this, in verse four-ish, leading all, all the way that. through we're gonna, twenty-three. That's the story of Adam and Eve. Creation and fall. I, that what you're gonna do, right? Yeah, I just that's what I'm gonna do. I just okay. I shortened it up a little bit. All right, go for it. Once upon a time. Okay, you got it in. Good. Once we, we debated that for about ten minutes in the car coming back. If I'm gonna say once upon a Are time. Are we gonna say once upon a time or not? I like it. I like it too. Once upon a time. Go for it. Once upon a time. God created a world of his own, a world of order, beauty, and goodness, a world in which life can flourish. And once upon a time, God makes these creatures to dwell in the world, wild creatures, big creatures, small creatures, creepy creatures, flying oh, creatures. Man. And then he takes a step back and creates a creature of a very special variety, the creature known as human. Or in Hebrew, Adam. And God makes these Adams out into his own image, 
made to reflect God's character expressed. God appoints these humans to be his representatives and to rule his world on his behalf, to harness all of its potential, to care for it, to tend for it, to make it so that even more life can flourish. God blesses these humans and gives them a garden in which they begin to start to build this new world. And all the while, these humans have a choice, which is represented by the tree of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. And up until now, God has provided and defined what is good and what is not good. But now, God gives the humans the dignity and freedom of a choice. Are they going to trust God's definition of good and evil? Or are they going to seize autonomy and define good and evil for themselves? Enter scene. A mysterious figure. A snake. A creepy crawl in rebellion against God's way. Oh boy, here we go. The snake creeps up and convinces the humans that if they eat from the tree of knowledge, they will, be, they will become like God themselves. And the tragedy, the ironic tragedy of this all, is that these humans were already like God. They were made to reflect God's image. But instead of trusting in God, they seized autonomy. And in a moment, everything spirals out of control. And as a result, a curse is casted upon the humans. The end. You don't go into the curse? That's no. where all the good stuff happens. That makes you lose your faith. Listen, I thought that was pretty good. I don't well, that was pretty good. <laughs> that, Except yeah. we're left dangling with well, the yeah. curse. I, f I figured you could, you can, you can kind of go over the rest. What, what oh. kind of curse? Yeah. Well, that was good. It was very, uh, I mean, there's nothing in there that really makes me cringe. You're on this cringe thing. I just want to get to the bottom of things. <laughs> you just want to yeah. get, well, you did pretty well. I think you told the story. Yeah, so long story short, yeah. God created a world. Um, well, you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do it again. <laughs> well, we're a little bit punchy, aren't we? Okay. Punchy. It's been a while. It's been a while. Well, let me see. Where do I take up with that? Well, we ought to tell the rest of the story a little bit. Well, you, want, you should. I'm going to be ad libbed if you want me to. I will. Yeah, ad libbed. Yeah. That's what so, I want to do. So that's, long story that, short. I see, I, that's good. I like that. All right, all right. Everyone, I'm f go from, for it. From the ad um, So, so yeah. So, as a result of this decision, got you know there was a curse. Uh, it brought about death, which is. It brought about rebellion. It brought about all these new provisions. Uh, God made all these new kind of rules of the playground. Women are going to uh, have painful childbearing. Uh, men are going to have to toil in the soil. Uh, there's going to be like horrible relationships now between man and woman. Both are going to try to dominate each other in different ways. Um, the ground is cursed. People are eating meat now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, no, that was an insertion. Uh, oh, I'd love to talk about that. Um, the even, I mean, there's sin everywhere, even, even, I mean, to this present day, that's our kind of condition. I mean, it is the concept that we think that we are now God or that we could self-govern without God. And that's the result of the curse. And I've always viewed the curse as more of a, a permanent state in which we enter this world. It is, it is equivalent to, to gravity. It is, it's here. The original sin. The original sin. Which is the sin which begets all sin that's in us all, which is rebellion. Speaking of, we have a very rebellious helper today. Why don't you tell us the drink you're drinking right now, Mrs. Original Sin? Yeah, the first selection on cocktail menu here at the Owl Shop is called Original Sin. Original Sin. She's drinking Original Sin. And what'd you say was in it? A little rum. Little rum. Another something I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> Burnt orange, notice, burnt. Like, it's been through hell. Go ahead. Apple cider. Apple, there's the apple. <laughs> and sparkling wine. There we go. Pretty cool. 
Though none of that was in the uh, Bible, by the way. The no. apple wasn't there. I'm going to be a real killjoy, aren't I? Well, I... Can we do a comma well, hold and it, hold it, up hold on it, the whole though. meat you, thing? You, you, that's you didn't get to the, the, the last part of the curse. The very most important part. The most part that would have just We're devastated toast. humanity. We're toast. Huh? We're going to bring death upon ourselves. Yeah, we lost yeah. our innocence. But then... The very last episode of the story he he his curse is to what he but yet he does it in order to save them see that's the part that's the part you gotta go to man that's the part that people like to skirt in there oh it's it's there it's not skirted <laughs> in there it's like the climax of the whole story so so you're saying that god so so he, he really you you made you spoke of the curse that he gave to adam and then the curse that he gave to eve yeah. in your nice way you know about the earth and all that but you didn't get to the curse that was given to the serpent crawling on your belly i mean snakes do that already eh? no he 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 was he was cursing the serpent and he promised he says that from the woman will come one who you will bruise his heel but he will mm. uh destroy your head basically which is destroy you mm. so there's this promise that's going to come, some great warrior king who's going to knock Satan out, basically, and put him to death. And, uh, and then at the very end, it ends with God um, excommunicating, sending Adam and Eve out of, out of uh, Eden, Adam and Eve out of Eden. And it's given that if he doesn't do that, that they would bring condemnation upon themselves in their curse so that it sets up a story here. That's the whole point of the first story of the Bible is to set up all the other stories. The and stories that are gonna be about how this seed of a woman is going to bring about a salvation to all of humanity and that salvation will involve, you missed one other little thing about the beginning. Um, there was also, there were two trees there was the yes, tree of life. Love life, which was now. How do you think? What do you think? Let's talk about those trees a little bit. Yeah, I would love to. Um, I, I mean, that's been always since day one. My biggest curiosity was the concept of like what would have happened if we ate from the tree of life. Um, and I think we it's, would. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, it, we didn't. That wasn't an eating tree. It was a tree. It was a promise tree. It was a tree that represented a promise, which was eternal life. But, the tree of life. But they were not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Wait, so you, sorry, back up. Did you say that that tree of life was not in Eden? I don't or think so. That, so where is it? Is it just? Oh, like, oh, I don't know. I didn't say it was not in Eden. Oh, I'm oh it was sorry. not for Eden. Yeah, no, no, no. That's not. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, what do you think of this tree? You have this tree of the tree of life. Yeah. And then you have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I mean, on surface level, it sounds ridiculous, um, but I think it's not. It's one of those things that are so wild in the concept and so pure in the concept that I think it, it is, there's truth, there's truth. But in you it. can tell how this sounds like a fairy tale. Yeah. And I'm just watching the Lord of the Rings. I mean, like the creation of the rings and then, you know, the elvish king and then yeah. like he busted yeah. into the temple and it, it's very similar. So it kind of sounds mythological even even metaphoric and metaphorical because that's something you 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 i remember once saying like something along the lines of like well the metaphor in genesis you're like well hold up you know yeah. there's history here Depend, yeah it depends yeah. on what you mean by metaphor yeah Do anyway you, yeah so the tree of life so this whole story will sound this i'm trying to get to the issue of losing it does sound a little bit like really christian you're going to hang your whole life on this story as the first story that's going to begin all the other stories of the Bible and you're able to live your life with all of this? I mean, it sounds pretty fairy taleish, And it does. And, um, and some of these things about serpents and women, you know, all this stuff, the curse, throwing them out of a garden, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty mythological sounding. And, um, how do you get past that? Well, that's, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. How do you Glad get you past asked. that? Uh, Mythology. So one of the things you what so so what's happening here is you had Genesis one, and 
in ancient Near East, there's there's a covenant contract that would be made between kings and those who there were his subjects. And the contract would always start with what was called a, a historical preamble. And the historical preamble was going to say, let me introduce to you this great king such that you would want to, uh, you know, to follow him, you know. And the first chapter of Genesis, chapter 1 unto chapter 2, verse 3, is a preamble. It's written like a preamble. It's, it's, and, it's, and it says, in the beginning was this great, 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 great king, basically. In the beginning was God. And then it tells the story of how God created the heaven and the earth. And it's told very clearly in an anthropomorphic way so that it, it, human characteristics are infused into all of the things he created. So for instance, day one, two, and three, I mean day one, two, and three represent three kingdom spheres, the heavens, the earth, and the, and the sea. Kingdoms four, five, and six represent kings over those spheres. You know, the birds of the air, you know, et cetera, man over earth. And, um, and all of them, like the moon is described as ruling over the sky and the stars are ruling, all this ruling language is all over the place. You think that's where all the pagans well, got their ideas from? this is where I'm going. So you have this preamble in poetic form where the seventh day then becomes the day where here is a king and he is the king of all kings. So you get the, if you were in ancient Near East, you're hearing this wonderful poetic description of this God who made all things. You, you would walk away saying, well, he, he, he's the king of kings. We all want a king. Back then, everybody wanted a king. He's the king of all kings. He's the king that subdues all kings. That's what that first section started. But here's the key. Then in verse 4 of chapter 2, there's a Hebrew, Olatalodot. And that means these are the histories of, or these are sometimes it's the generations of. That tells you in a contractual form that now what we're going to do is we're going to have a prologue. And this prologue is going to tell you the great the great things that this king has done. It's going to tell you about his covenant and how God has been faithful to that covenant. And so you have 10 stories in Genesis. 10 stories. And it shows how God is of covenant giving God who is faithful to those who are the elect, those who are the chosen ones who believe in him, etc. Even as he will also um, be the God over those who reject him. And there's 10 histories, five of the rejecteds, five of the electeds, if I could put it that way. So chapter two is the first of those stories. It's the story of, th this is the history of Adam and Eve. I and in that history, that. we yeah. have what sounds like a new creation story, yeah. but it's really just God telling the story of Adam and Eve who were put into the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is described in temple terms, so it's the place of God's presence. There's some language in there that everybody gets hung up on, like God was walking in the cool of the day. That's a horrible translation. It's really God was present and it's his spirit and it's the day of the spirit which is a day of judgment that's going to come in, in this uh, after Adam and Eve sin. Remember when he comes and he's looking for him? So the you story call that the day is, of judgment? Hold up. Well, there's a day of judgment okay. in there after the fall. Is that when he's like, Adam, Adam, where are you? And they're hiding from God, yes. Adam and Eve? Yes. I never consider that a judgment. Well, it's, it's, God, it's, a, it's, it's the day of God's spirit of judgment, yet he is seeking after humanity. And you, we're told everything we want to know about salvation in that, that little story. Because mm. we're told that Adam and Eve fell, as you did a good job talking about. The promise of life that was there to remind them that, that God was going to give them eternal life if only they would trust him and believe in him. Mm. They rejected that promise when they ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was what's called a stipulation. You know what a sacrament is, right? Uh -huh. A sacrament. Well, do you know what makes a sacrament I, I'm, a sacrament? I'm, I'm, I'm half Catholic, so yeah, I mean. You're half Catholic, so you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a, a sacrament is a sign mm. that has a spiritual relationship to the thing that it signifies. So it's not just a sign that's ordained or, you know, it's, that it's divinely instituted by God. 
it's a sign that functions as a means of grace that's going to bring you to the, the very thing that sign signifies. Just so I'm understanding that, yeah. is that like, for example, like the serpent on the the thing that Moses, and yeah. all, it's all in the doctor things, yeah. the serpent on the pole? Yeah. Is that an example of a... Yeah, I wouldn't call it quite or, what or I'm Or would it be like more of like a, because my Catholic understanding of sacrament is communion, confirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a certain milestone in that's, someone's that's life. That's you do around it, yeah. Yeah. Well, but my point is that tree, yeah. the, so the first things you want to hear is that there was a, this, this preamble, who is God? He's King of Kings. There's this historical prologue that's going to tell you the story of God's great, you know, covenant actions. And the first great covenant action is going to relate to God and how he met the problem of Adam and Eve's rejecting him. And how did he do it? I, the, what else is that? Can I just do? stop real quick? Yeah. I, the whole thing sounds ridiculous to me for, for, yeah. for one reason. That's alone. what I'm trying to unpack it. Yeah, the one thing alone is, and this is maybe the cynic in me, and and I understand, I don't It's just like if, if God is pre uh, omnipresent, right, and all knowing, knowing, especially in future times, yep. is this part of like, what the heck? Like, this is the most random. It seemed like he was bored. And wanted to create some drama. Well, I guess that could be one. I guess that could be like, one uh, that's an interpretation. It's an, it's an interpretation, and and that's a whole deeper rabbit hole of the, conf, the concept of conflict, uh, bringing out character and all that stuff. But my whole thing is like these, especially here's something I hear in Christian Christendom, as you would say, or Christianese, all the time is. Obviously, God knew where Adam was when he was calling out for Adam. Adam, Adam, where are you? You're hiding from me. Obviously, I mean, he knew geographically where he Let was. Let me get the exact language so you, yeah. I think we're, yeah, that, go that, ahead and that always, and, and stuff like that, it's yeah. almost as if God is toying with the creation, all knowing well that by like giving them that choice, by, you know, that they would fall, that they would see. They're innocent, pure little children. Um, you know, it's it's like giving a little kid uh, a thing of vodka in the in the in, in the in the sippy cup and and and, and a pissed off when he's drunk. Well, that's that's just all posited stuff from you, right? What's the what? I mean, you you, you posit all that stuff. You you sort of push that in there. But I'm also yeah. Maybe I'm projecting a little. I think if we get back oops. to the language, it'll help maybe a little bit. Let me yeah, just find the text real quick. I know I'm not the only one who's who's yeah. thinking like, no, I'm what not... the hell, God? It's all this. Can you just zap that thing in a second? Well, we'll do what? Like the we'll do what? the unnecessariness of us to fall. Like it, it it seems very unnecessary, and it's like almost God turned a blind eye in that moment, knowing we were going to do it. And that's that's the mystery that I've always been fascinated by. Well, you about mentioned is. free choice at the very beginning of your story. Yeah. Without that fall, we would not know there's free choice. One. And so everything that's happening. That's interesting. I mean, one way to interpret, I don't want to get all the details of what you're saying. I don't even if I could possibly do it in, in, in an hour. But but remember that whatever else is happening in the Bible, it's a, revel it's a self revelation of God. God is revealing himself. So why does he make Adam and Eve? It's, well, at least at the very apex of that is that God might be glorified. And being glorified is him revealing himself. And we see his glory. And he's a communal God. He's, we're born out of the Trinity, you know? And so there's a sense of community that God is building in his image and all of that. But I think though, to get the story, we wanna make sure we keep this line going a little bit with, it is a story about a covenant that God makes with humanity and a covenant that's going to be repeated and ultimately fulfilled in Christ, right? So this covenant then, you see here, I'm, I wanted to get the... So after Adam and Eve fell, this gets to the issue of God's presence you were asking me about. It says this, Then the eyes of both of them opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. So they were exposed. And they felt shame. Nakedness is always a, a sign of shame. They were innocent, not perfect, but they were innocent before that fall. But they weren't perfect yet. Perfect means you've you've actually become holy. They were in, they were not holy yet because that they had not yet been tested. 
but they were tested and they fell, and they were naked and ashamed. Remember, That's... earlier when they were married, it says they were naked and not ashamed. Can I stop for because that that to me frame you said that. Well, can like, I just finish this one point? No, I'm fine. Yeah, I, I can't keep. So this point, my point is, so God, to answer your earlier question, you're asking so yeah, God now. They are naked. They're trying to hide themselves from each other. They take what's a ridiculous. If you know anything about this, this uh, what they did, these fig leaves, they're very brittle and they're very itchy. They're very, very insufficient, in other words. So anybody reading that, they should go, oh, that's a stupid idea. Why would they cover themselves with fig leaves? Those are very itchy, harsh, crackly, breakety things, okay? Into that scene comes God. And the story's gonna end with God basically reclothing them with the with the with the clothes of a sacrificed animal oh that's interesting the the impact of sacrifice throughout the old testament new so he's gonna the story's gonna end with him clothing them with a sacrificed animal's skin and it's gonna go to it's gonna go to cain and abel and people are gonna say well why did god judge cain for bringing his his uh his offering of of wheat and you know field you know, grains. And why was Seth, you know, Cain and Abel, and why was Abel rewarded? Because he brought a what? An animal sacrifice. Mm. Well, because Abel, by faith, was trusting that God would reclothe him. That was a very symbolic thing. Whereas Cain was saying, I can clothe myself. I can save myself. So the whole story is about grace. God, the day of judgment upon Adam and Eve came, God then curses them, but he doesn't kill them. They should have been killed right there. But he doesn't kill them, he curses them. And the curse was in, intended to what? Humble them to repentance. And he gave them a promise. He gave them, he said, that tree of life, it's still out there for you. And yet this promise is gonna be given to you if you would let me clothe you, not trying to clothe yourself in the laughable, stupid ways that we do that. And so the story is told how then they are sent out of Adam and out of Eden, which is the temple. It's like ex, the word is literally excommunicated. Um, and they go out into the world and it's a probationary period where we now are living either in that covenant that God made with Adam and Eve, or we're living in our own self-sufficiency. And the rest of the story of the Bible is gonna be a story of some who try to be self-sufficient and giving themselves life and some are gonna put their hope and faith in the sufficiency of God and his promise of the Savior who would come and endure the death curse and clothe us with his righteousness. So the story ends in Revelations when all of humanity is clothed with this great wedding righteousness and they're declared as righteous. Now there's the other part of the story. Now you can go after me. What do you think of that though? That's pretty cool, isn't it? That I, I, mean, I get pretty cool about that. That is, that's jazzed up. I mean, and there I, was Adam and Eve hiding, and God saying, yeah. "He's coming after us." Yeah. Well, that's that's one. It just shows another example of like, I call them like the motifs of the Bible, of the common, common things, that, the common threads, and one of the common threads that we were talking about in the car driving down is is the concept of sacrifice, the concept of animal sacrifice, and how we. I just like the whole narrative, how it's just case after case of us trying to be self-sufficient, doing it in a way that's a, a, a ridiculous way, and but, but rejecting God's way. And and, and mm -hmm. to this day, mm -hmm. I personally still, I, you know, I, I think it's we're so far gone from Eden that I don't even know what God's way is anymore. Hear me out. Um, Actually, yeah. What do you want to say about that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think we all have original sin. Yeah, we're still in the story. Yeah, here's as a question: we, As we're you, talking so, today, so, we're still so, in the so story. So, to clarify, you're saying like this curse is still applicable? Yeah, the curse is there. We struggle against those very things. Is it the same curse? Huh? Is it the same curse? Yeah, that that curse, and it envelops more than just the literalism of it. Yeah. But yeah, the curse that was placed upon humanity is still in effect, even though Christ has already come, he has again revealed to us how he comes after us. God sends his son to be in our presence. He also, I want to he also, for those who know the Bible, who read the Genesis story though, it, the way that it sounds in some of the English translations, 
is that God was taking a nice delightful walk in the cool of the day and it's this nice little like old man I guess walking in a beautiful garden and he stumbles upon he's wondering where Adam and Eve is he doesn't know where they are it just doesn't come off the way the Hebrew tells it the Hebrew tells it that God's presence was in Eden remember this is a temple he was present there he said that two times that second time of his presence it says literally the day of the spirit which is also spoken of as the day of the lord it's a day of reckoning and in that day of reckoning god gives a curse and yet what he does which should surprise us is instead of killing adam and eve it was the day of reckoning he kills an animal and he takes that animal and clothes them so that they are no longer ashamed he does that again he takes up. their shame away yeah and he says, go out and live and await for that promise of the, of the seed of the woman who would be healed. So that means we're already told that the, the, the Messiah would have to suffer. The heal wound is the suffering of the Messiah. He's going to suffer a great deal, but he will conquer. He will put to death sin and evil. And he's the one then. So what do we do? We started the story with these two sacramental trees, a sign that points you to the reality. The tree of life was a sacramental tree that meant to direct us to the promise of God and eternal life that would give us a basis for life. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil were the stipulations of the covenant. Do this, don't do this, stipulations, which were both aimed at saying, trust me. Don't become self-sufficient in your getting eternal life. You can't do it. They tried later on in the you know the Tower of Babel. It failed. Can, I, I would like I would like to say one other thing. Yeah. That's interesting and maybe why I personally accepted Genesis um, is 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 each one of the stipulations. It's really I think it's really hard to argue that that is not actively happening right now in today's world. It is happening. Um, like yeah. to like almost so obvious. Like the yeah. concept of, um, especially like some of the men and women relationships. I mean, yep. Uh, I, I want to get the language correct before yeah. I start throwing from the hip on that. But it now I remember that time of revelation. I was like, it's fascinating to me that the things that are outlined in this, even if this is all BS, I I, I believe that this was written a long time ago. That's hard to deny. Right, um, that it was written a long time ago. The things they were saying are, I see it in the world today, yep, absolutely, actively, absolutely, and I see it in my heart actively. Yeah, uh, up leading to the Tower of Babel, which I'd like to talk about another time. Yeah, Babel, because right. that's a fascinating yeah, story be. to me, and I think we're going there again. Um, this is the new Babel. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> it is called Apple, though. There you go. With 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 a picture. Even though of there's it. no apple in Genesis, you do know that, right? What are you talking about? There's nothing in Genesis that says it was an apple, just so you know. We just made that up. So where up. does that come from? I have no idea, actually. I'd like to talk about some things like where, where debunks, maybe I don't want to debunk is not the word, but there are some things that I have in my mind of Adam and Eve through like, yeah. like little kids. Well, I mean, animals. one thing to clear what you said, though, before we go there, is that curse upon the woman, mm. it's it's bothersome, you know, in some ways. Surf's all there's, it's interesting, it's it's not that they would have child pain, uh, pain in childbirth it's that it would increase the mm. birth childbirth pain so that's interesting and what does that mean um, but the other part is that and some you know there's two ways to interpret it actually both are kind of valid one is that she will that he that the man will seek domination over her speaking of male abuse some will say no it's she's gonna seek domination over him but I think what you said, interesting, when you said it, I, my ears picked up, because I don't know if you said it, but I think you said it right, that, that there was infused into a relationship that was meant to be so idyllic, uh, a struggle. And the Hebrew is not exactly clear, in fact, it could go either way, that it's, it's a struggle of women, in some ways, you know, rejecting the men or men rejecting the women. There's a conflict between male and female. We both don't, we all, it's almost as if we They were all, meant to be complementary and now they're fighting. All of a sudden, and this gives me some ease in my forgiveness of women who have hurt me in my past. Mm. <laughs> Men have also hurt me too. 
<laughs> um, is the concept that we, I think that some of our desires are consequences of the curse. Yeah, absolutely. So like, every bit yeah, of it. So, so sometimes when you're reading, when, when someone hurts you in a male, female kind of relationship way, uh, I don't like to just blame that human. I, I'm not even surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised they're nice to me at all. I'm surprised anyone's nice to each other. Um, yeah. Well, and, and that's what I we want call also com talk there's common two parts grace. To that. Yeah, common grace. There's common grace, yeah. and we we would get to that with Cain and Abel if we we're thinking about doing Cain and Abel maybe next week. I thought so. Sure. That might be where we do it. But um, but anyway, it's back to your point. Yeah, I think I mean something you haven't asked that I guess I'm still looking for that. What what about this passage kind of bothers you? I mean, it could bother you that that you know. I mean, couldn't God be bigger than that? Did he have to curse humanity? You know, I, what bothers I mean, me what's is, all this curse about? Well, I I can see good. Maybe I'm not, I don't know, too knee deep in it all. But uh, I can see a, I can see that the curse was a necessary thing. I can't put my finger and on what why. Would it be, what would it be good for? Why would it be good? I, I, I think, I mean, what would it be? I, the way to answer that, I say, well, what would it be like without it? Um, and what would that we would, be? We wouldn't know. It, the whole world would be different. We we, we yeah. would not ever, good. it's hard for us to comprehend. And that's something. And I so what do you think it would be? What would be different though? What, what do you think would be different if there were, if, if there, there had not no, been a If there curse. wasn't a fall? Yeah. I, I, I truly think that there wouldn't even need to be, a, Jesus wouldn't need to come down. Why? Because there'd be, no saving. there'd be no saving. We'd be okay. Okay, remember the story of, this is where the story is really important. What would have happened if he'd let, uh, if we had eaten the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what it was it a sacrament of? Remember, the tree was a sacrament pointing to the promise of eternal life. The stipulate, the, the, uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil were the stipulations, which melted down, we said, was what? The stipulation is that you trust God for that eternal life. You don't take it into your own hands. Oh, the concept of wanting to be self-sufficient. Right, so if we had not been, so when we became self-sufficient in the knowledge of good and evil, i.e. a tree that symbolizes the covenant stipulations, and now I take it upon myself to, to, to accomplish all of that, being self-reliant, determining for myself what's right and what's wrong, not submitting to his lordship, what would have resulted if he just let it stand? What would have happened? Remember the tree of life? We probably remember be, the promise. We, I mean, that's like we would have all been. We would all go to hell. Yeah. I and, mean, we would have, in effect, yeah. rejected the promise by rejecting the stipulations, putting ourselves now as self-sufficient and lord over our own lives, which could not have possibly then attained eternal life. So the curse, he, it says it in the text. Go back and read it. He literally did this lest they were to die. Amen. And, and I actually think He did that, it to humble us and, and then discipline God. us to go back to his lordship and go back to his grace yeah. as a means through by which we could have eternal life. And the thank 10 God. stories I told you about in Genesis, five being reprobate, five being elect, you will see that played out. Those who reject, the promise will go into the, you know, cursed. Those who receive the promise are part of the promise that will lead you all the way to Christ. And the, and the book of Genesis ends with Jacob. The last story is the, the story of Jacob. Wait, wait. You have a lot to say about this, huh? Well, I, it, it's just, it's, that's it's where you it's, have to get it in, yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean that like cheeky. It's, it's the story, but what, that story that seems like a simple Now you're throwing me a lot of ideas. Give me a second. Blowing second. you away, huh? But yeah. no, it's a cool story, but it's it's sad to me that people, they've read it and it just sounds like nothing more than a, a, a cool little myth. But sure. underneath it is language that's very symbolic that's used throughout covenant history. And it's the story of the covenant of God with humanity that is fulfilled in God's grace, not by our works. I mean, if they had somehow been allowed to work themselves mm. and satisfy the stipulations themselves, it would have been a horrible story ending because we would have worked just like we do today without Christ. We could and, and, and work ourselves yeah. to the bone oh, and we would die a frustrated people because we still don't have eternal life.
thank God we didn't bite from, or God didn't. Let me just thank God that the tree of life is still intact, because I. The this promise. Is, yeah. This is interesting to me that the serpent said to them like, "You won't die," and honestly, he wasn't lying. Hear me out, because the result of the result of that fall, I've read somewhere something time blah blah blah. That it wasn't a lack of, it wasn't a, it wasn't a promise of death. It wasn't the death was not a result. It was the loss of innocence. The and loss that's of what? what? Innocence, of of purity, of 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 trusting God, and that's truly what happened because the serpent was right. We don't die. But it also, he was also a liar because they will die. That was the lie. Yeah. The, well, the lie was also that you will, you but, won't die. You will die. But we're not going to die. Yeah, we are. If without Christ, we would die. That's the whole point. But the if soul, he had not cursed us yeah. to awaken us to our the reality. Well, how do you of define our, death then? Because I, I think the the soul both whoever you are, the soul's eternal. You can you can call you can call Yeah, but one goes into everlasting death, as in the less of abundant life. That's and one goes to everlasting life. Life that's abundant. I wanna make that maybe that's super <laughs> obvious to it, but I wanna make that clear because when we hear the word death, we think of like earthly mortality yeah, ceasing. Yeah. And my point is that like both wherever you accept or reject God, you're going to live forever. Um, one is going to be outside That's right. of, of God's gaze or God's grace. Or But, there, but the, there's a spiritual death where that what you described earlier, the, the, the abundance of, I mean, one of the things that Eden is described as is a land flowing with water. Yeah. Again, that's an ancient Near Eastern's way of saying this is an idyllic, flourishing, beautiful place. Um, those who don't die the spiritual death will live in that place again through the resurrection and it's a it's a gift it's something only god can do is the whole point of the story though this is a great king and he can only only he can give you what humanity is looking for which is that abundant life and you just have story after story in the bible showing and illustrating i mean genesis repeats itself over and over and over and over again in our own lives even you could say I mean, even that, that idea of hiding from God, how do we do that? I mean, you know, and thinking we, and how do we do it? Well, we do it through moralism. We do it through Phariseeism. We do it through all sorts of ways of trying to make ourselves feel good about ourselves, mm. improving ourselves, basically works righteousness, right? And that's you all Adam and Eve were doing. Huh? You do you. Um, that was Whatever that means. Okay. Oh, you mean that? That's the saying. Yeah, you do you. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I got um, you. I'd like to, you know, we're wrapping up. I'd like to maybe. I'm curious if what are some common misconceptions or things? I mean, you've been a pastor 30 years. What are some things? Do you have anything at the top of the mind of, of like some like wild interpretations of people? Because uh, uh, it seems like Genesis is uh, out of all the stories, yeah. one of the stories that people have a lot of imaginative things added to it. What are some of the, the more outlandish ones? Because I, I have know. a couple of my um, own to kiss you. <laughs> maybe y'all can tell me, but yeah. um, I mean, again, my, my passion I think is more that we miss the point. What's the, what's the point? Well, what we just said, I mean, so, but we miss it. We miss that beautiful, there's something really incredible going on here. It's the first story of salvation. A story that tells us how to be saved, mm. and yet, you know, we. What bothers me, I think, the most is that, it, you know, we we read it and we we fail to see that that there's a substantive covenant, there's a substantive promise being made here, and you know, it's all just filled with that that promise, and the way that promise is fulfilled, that gets you to Christ through the seed of the woman. So I don't know exactly, I mean, other than that, I think, you know, I was expecting maybe a little more from you about, you know, why the trees in the first place? You know, you did mention that. And some people kind of say, if God was really God, and why didn't he just give us eternal life from the beginning? Well, that you was know? my whole, and, yeah, can we, can we, did we answer that? <laughs> okay, yeah. What did do you we, think? Did we? Why? I don't, I mean, pfft. So again. That, that was always pissed, I was always yeah. pissed off. I was like, what was the, this is all this yeah. unnecessary drama. Well, why did we have drama. to go through all this crap? There's a lot of drama well, going on. All this drama going on. It's uh, right. Conflict, and, and it's interesting. I can't even imagine a world without conflict. I mean, every yeah. good story has everywhere. conflict. Yeah, it's everywhere. Every, without, without conflict, there is no story. 
which is fascinating. Even like in our literature, in movies, think about it. Find me a movie that you consider a movie of a narrative story that without any kind of conflict. Um, yeah. But that's part of the the joy of those movies is that it's conflict resolved somehow. Yeah. And, and it's just this is a story of how it's resolved yeah. by God's intervention. He intervened in Adam and Eve and he intervenes hey, in our life through can, Christ. Can, am I wrong to think that maybe this whole thing was all about, you know, building... I don't want to make it all about us, put it that way. But a, a good... I mean, I, I can just see a good fruit sprouting from this whole situation. Curse, blessing, redemption, salvation is the just the growth of our character. I mean... We're definitely perfected. We were, we were born of, innocent, but yeah. we are going to be raised perfected. Um, we weren't born perfect. Perfect perfection requires that there is a trial that's 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 overcome. You know that's. So we're born without original sin. We are born with original sin. The curse upon humanity and all of Adam and Eve's progeny, if you will, spiritual covenantal progeny, is that we are born with that inclination to reject God. It really comes back to original sin and. Um, I think to the other question about why did we have to have this story? I mean, why couldn't he yeah. just created us perfect? Why couldn't he have just created us with eternal life? Yeah. That goes back to the ultimate purpose of it all, which is self-revelation of God. God would not have been revealed with that story. Mm. I mean, the God of justice, you know, the God of, of love, the God of grace and mercy, all of that comes through the story. And there is an ultimate purpose that only if God is God would make it worthy, which is the purpose of revealing Him. If, if there is a being as great and wonderful and beautiful as God, it'd be like having the most gorgeous painting in the world. This is horrible analogy because it doesn't even come near it. But just a, the most gorgeous, beautiful painting in the world, and it's hidden and no one gets to see it. Without the story of Adam and Eve and that story that continues even into this day, we would not know that beautiful painting that we know is God, God, the beautiful one. His beauty would not be revealed, you know, and so now we re it's revealed and we will get to worship him as a God of redemption. I wouldn't even know what that meant <laughs> if it hadn't been for the story of Adam and Eve, you know, and how that story defines our story. Well, it's a good place to end. I guess so. Good. I definitely have more questions, but maybe we can save that for a little after-hour situation. All right, sure. We we're gonna. Should we talk about that? We might do. A, yeah, let's do some yeah, uh, after party. We, we, if we you might want. do some after parties this season of Smoking Theologians, uh, guys. Hope you like the show. If you like us, you know what to do. Share, share, share. Write, write, write. We read, read, read what you write. So please send it. Um, what else? Go read the story of Genesis again and see if it reads differently. Yeah. See what you think. Thank you. I'm glad. Our producer is giving me. I almost want to do this again. She's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Um, okay. Yada yada yada. Season three. You just listened to Smokin' Theologians. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe. Consider a five-star rating and share it with your friends. If you have any questions that you'd like answered on the show. Write to us at holler at smokintheologians.com. No G in smoking.